Hello, this is Samantha Shares. This episode covers NCUA's board member statements on minority depository institutions and the board-approved final interpretive ruling and policy statement. Note that the agency had technical difficulties with its board meeting, and there is no public recording of these statements as of today. The following is an audio version of those issuances. This podcast is educational and is not legal advice. We are sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions Incorporated, whose team has over 240 years of National Credit Union Administration experience. We assist our clients with NCUAs so they save time and money. If you are worried about a recent, upcoming, or in-process NCUA examination, reach out to learn how they can assist at marktrichel.com. Also check out our other podcast called With Flying Colors, where we provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. And now the Board Action Bulletin on MD is followed by the statements of the board. Changes to the MD Eye Preservation Program will help under-resourced communities. The NCUA board unanimously approved a final interpretive ruling and policy statement that reflects the transfer of the MD Eye Preservation Program Administration from the agency's Office of Minority and Women Inclusion to its Office of Credit Union Resources and Expansion, updates the program's features, and clarifies the requirements for a credit union to receive and maintain an MD Eye designation, among other changes. The final MDI policy statement will better enable hundreds of MDI credit unions to meet the needs of their members and communities, Chairman Harper said. Policy changes like this one make our country stronger. The revised policy statement is effective 30 days after date of publication in the Federal Register. And now the statements of the board members. As prepared for delivery on February 15, 2024, Chairman Todd Harper Thank you for your presentation and your work on these improvements to the policy statement governing the NCUA's Minority Depository Institutions Preservation Program. My appreciation also extends to the teams in the Office of Credit Union Resources and Expansion and the Office of General Counsel for their efforts in completing these revisions. Thank you as well to board member Atsuka for suggesting incorporated language that underscores the importance of preserving the unique mission and characteristics of minority depository institution credit unions. Nearly 90 years ago, Congress created the federal credit union system to meet the credit and savings needs of credit union members, especially those of modest means. A significant component to achieving that statutory mission is the work of Minority Depository Institution Credit Unions, or MDI Credit Unions. Supporting and preserving MDI Credit Unions is a fundamental responsibility of the NCUA. It's required not just under the system's statutory mission, but also in the specific requirements for supporting MDI Credit Unions set forth as part of the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act of 2010. Today, one in 10 federally insured credit unions is a minority depository institution. Together, these MDI credit unions provide under-resourced communities across the country with access to safe, fair, and affordable financial products and services. This access gives consumers greater opportunities to build a secure financial future for themselves, their families, and their communities. And when smaller communities are stronger and more resilient, so are our financial system, our economy, and our entire country. Today, the NCUA board is considering final amendments to the Interpretive Ruling and Policy Statement 13-1 to reflect changes in the agency's structure and administration of its MDI preservation efforts. 
The revised policy statement also simplifies the definition of community its services as designated in its charter to refer to an MDI credit union's field of membership. As previously stated, I have long had concerns about preserving the character of a failing MDI credit union during the resolution process. Notably, this revised policy statement addresses those concerns. Under the revised policy statement, in the event of a potential failure of an MDI credit union, the NCUA will contact MDI credit unions in its merger registry that qualify to bid on a particular failing institution to measure their interest. Under this revised policy, the NCUA will additionally offer technical assistance to any MDI credit union desiring to bid, as well as two weeks to submit a bid whenever possible. This vital change to maintain the character of a merging MDI institution will bring the NCUA emergency merger process in line with that of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. In closing, the final MDI policy statement will better enable hundreds of MDI credit unions to meet the needs of their members and communities. Policy changes like this one make our country stronger. I therefore support this final policy statement. Vice Chairman Kyle Hopman. I support this interpretive ruling and policy statement. Although substantially unchanged from the proposed version, I appreciate the clarifications in the final statement. More than 10% of U.S. credit unions are minority depository institutions serving nearly 5-3 million members. Credit unions are the original answer to financial inclusion, started by people who were either overlooked by existing financial service providers or groups who wanted services tailored for their unique needs. Credit unions have been a means for financial inclusion since their inception. Many companies have admirable financial inclusion goals, but credit unions, especially MDI credit unions, provide members the ultimate power of ownership and control. This is true financial inclusion. We know one of the main reasons small credit unions go away is because of the regulatory burden associated with running one of these small institutions. It can be a thankless task, a labor of love, by someone who eventually retires. That's when mergers often happen, since it's easier for a larger institution to handle the endless paperwork and mandates. My point here is that if we don't lighten the regulatory burden on small credit unions, those that pose little risk to our share insurance fund, then our talk about inclusion is just that talk. The way credit unions operate, i.e., as a cooperative structure of member owners, along with the nature of fields of membership, may be why there are nearly four times as many MDI credit unions as there are MDI banks. To qualify as an MDI, a credit union must satisfy three requirements. Greater than 50% of the current membership must be a minority. Greater than 50% of the community its services, that is, its field of membership, must be a minority and greater than 50% of its board of directors must be a minority. The MDI designation comes with a host of technical assistance and support. This includes assistance to address challenges identified in examination reports. In 2023, appropriations language included MDEI credit unions as eligible to receive community development revolving loan fund funding regardless of the credit union's low-income designation status. Although examination standards for MDI and non-MDI credit unions are the same, the NCUA recognizes that MDI credit unions have a distinct mission and business model. During 2023, the NCUA issued customized guidance to help examiners understand this business model compared to other financial institutions.
In further recognition of the difference between MDIs and non-MDIs, peer metrics were developed to help examiners compare MDI metrics with other MDI metrics instead of those of traditional peers. Today's board item touches on ways to help MDI members preserve their own financial institution. A lot of work goes into starting a credit union, and it takes even more effort to keep it going. As an agency that values inclusion, MDIs represent the opportunity to include resources with our rhetoric. Even before this final ruling and policy statement, the NCUA has walked the talk by budgeting thousands of support hours for small credit unions and MDIs. I would like to emphasize that these support hours are outside the examination process and come at no cost to the credit union. I hope more credit unions will take advantage of the program. Any group that succeeds in forming their own credit union should have the opportunity to succeed. In the case of small credit unions and MDIs, that means additional considerations for their unique challenges. Prepared statement of NCU a board member Tanya Otskos. I want to step back and talk about why Congress directed agencies to preserve and promote MDIs. During the 1980s and early 1990s, the savings and loan crisis dramatically reshaped the banking landscape. Almost 10% of banks failed or received government financial assistance. MD has suffered from the same negative economic events as non-MDI banks, but due to their focus on historically marginalized and redlined communities, they did not have the same resources available to weather the crisis. And during the seven-year period between 1983 and 1989, the number of Black-owned banks declined 22%, while the total number of banks in the United States declined by only around 10%. When Congress responded by enacting the Financial Institution Reform, Recovery and Enforcement Act FIRREA of 1989, it recognized that concerted efforts were needed to preserve MDIs because of their important roles serving historically underserved communities and the unique difficulties they face. FIRREA established several important goals, including to preserve the number of MDIs, preserve the minority character in cases of merger or acquisition, encourage the creation of new MDIs, and provide for training, technical assistance, and education programs. While the savings and loan crisis is behind us, the underlying challenges faced by MDIs are still as relevant today as they were 30 years ago. MDIs also face similar challenges and higher rates of failure in the 2008 financial crisis. From 2012 to 2021, the number of MDI credit unions dropped 38%. Like all credit unions, MDI's success and ability to thrive is connected to the economic stability of its community. If the community has fewer resources, less money for their share accounts, their credit union will have less resources, less money for loans, investment, innovation, and training. And as we know, marginalized communities have fewer resources on average. The Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis found black families had about $958,000 less wealth on average compared with white families, while Hispanic families had about $1,011,000 less wealth on average than white families. Racial and ethnic wealth gaps have changed very little over the past few decades. There is a lot of work to be done to close the racial wealth gap, but MD is play an important role. One factor in creating and maintaining wealth is having access to safe, fair, and affordable financial services. Access to credit is what allows people to buy a car to get to work, own a home and build equity, or open a small business. Yet sadly, racial disparities in lending still exist today across income levels. 
Data show that non-ND iBanks reject black and brown borrowers at a rate that is two times that of their white counterparts, even when they have the same credit profile. One in four black applicants from families making $100,000 or more a year had their credit applications denied or approved for less in 2022, compared with 10% of white households in the same bracket. For Asian applicants with annual incomes below $50,000, 16.3% were denied a mortgage, compared with 11.3% of white applicants in that income bracket. This pattern continues across income levels, with high-income Asian applicants being 50% more likely to have their mortgage application denied than white applicants. Capital access also remains a huge challenge for minority-owned small businesses. 60% of black business owners face challenges obtaining capital. Over a third of Latino business owners face the same. Business owners of color are more likely to struggle accessing startup funding, growth funding, and capital with affordable interest rates. Among firms with gross receipts under $500,000, loan denial rates for minority firms were about three times higher at 42% compared to those of non-minority-owned firms 16%. A well-supported system of MD, a credit unions can help address these lending disparities. Black-owned banks approve a higher percentage of loans to black applicants than other banks. It is likely the same is true for credit unions, and I would like to see the NCUA do more research on these issues. Closing the wealth gap and minimizing lending disparities doesn't just benefit one group. Citibank conducted a study that found if we didn't have a racial wealth gap, it could have added up to $27 trillion in income available for consumption or investment. Even more, the study found that providing fair and equitable lending to black entrepreneurs could have resulted in the creation of up to $13 trillion in estimated business revenue and potentially created 6-1 million jobs per year. Providing an environment where MD is can be successful is crucial to allowing MD, I credit unions to support their communities. I appreciate that NCUA has increased staff hours allocated to MD is under the Small Credit Union and MD I Support Program, adjusted its examination processes to recognize the distinctive business model of MD, I credit unions, and hosted an MD, I Awareness Month and an MD, I Symposium. And I am encouraged that, as the chairman said, MD is continued to perform well. And in 2022, MDI's reported $42 billion in loans outstanding, an $8 billion increase from the previous year. And I know the vice chair has been supportive of the formation of new credit unions. Perhaps we will see continue to see interest in forming new MDI credit unions. I support the revisions to the MDI policy statement and appreciate the comments submitted during the rulemaking process. Some of the suggestions were outside the scope of the proposal, but I'd like to explore those ideas in other contexts. This concludes the NCUA's board member statements on minority depository institutions and the board-approved final interpretive ruling and policy statement. If your credit union could use assistance with your exam, reach out to Mark Trichel on LinkedIn or at marktrichel.com. This is Samantha Shares, and we thank you for listening.